Hello, my loves. Welcome to Unearth Podcast. This is your host, Lexi Coachella. This podcast is crafted around the mind-body-soul connection and integration process. You have divinely entered the realm of spirituality, the afterlife, esoteric topics, occultism, manifesting, psychology, and energy. You will hear storytelling from thought leaders, healers, intuitives, and medical professionals in hopes to bridge the gap between science and spirituality. We have the purest of intentions for the space, and we hope to guide you to your most authentic, highest version of yourself. And on that note, we are so happy you're here. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unearth Podcast. This is your host, Lexi Coachella. And today I have a very special guest, Danielle Lanteri. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm so excited. This is going to be such an informative and just very inspiring podcast today. And I've actually was just on Danielle's podcast. We talked a lot about, you know, energy, spirit guides, the subconscious. Um, So I will let Danielle take over and do a little introduction. Um, And yeah, we'd love to get to know you more and tell the listeners, you know, where you're from, your trajectory, how you got here, just any basic information, as well as your big three in astrology, if you know it. Yes, I do know it. Thank you so much, Lexi, for having me. And thank you for joining me on my podcast as well. It's just such a pleasure to be connecting with like-minded souls and talking about this work and the nuances of it all. So thank you so much. And so my name's Danielle. I am from Long Island, New York, born and raised, haven't left. (laughs) And my big three, I'm a Capricorn sun. I'm a Leo rising and I'm a Sagittarius moon. So I do have some fire, which I didn't really expect for me. If you know me, I really align more with my Capricorn sun. Mm. And I don't really know where all that fire comes from, but I appreciate it there in my chart. So maybe you could give me some insight into that. (laughs) Um, I am a certified holistic wellness counselor, and I primarily use two modalities, integrated therapeutic alignment and then psychotherapy. And my mission here is to really bridge the gap between science and spirituality by using Western and Eastern modalities for self-healing. And I say self with an emphasis because we heal ourselves. We cannot go see an energy worker or a therapist and expect them to fix us. It is you know, our own responsibility to do the self-healing work to realign and balance our systems. However, it is so necessary to have a qualified professional guiding you on that path as well. So I guide people in self-healing and aligning with their truth, healing the root cause of offsets, which is something that ITA really, really holds near and dear to my heart. So integrated therapeutic alignment is a comprehensive system of energy medicine, and it's designed to bring the energetic, the physical, the psychological, and emotional aspects of a person into balance and harmony. So through an alignment... I work with 
your energy systems, your chakra systems, your meridian pathways, your vortices, kind of all of that, right? And so I activate and I balance key connection points between the energetic and the physical body. So if you're in my physical space, I'll be touching your body on acupressure points. If I see you remotely, it is an energetic acupressure point. And so ITA works with those systems to find the root cause of an imbalance and then heal it from that root. And it's just so amazing. I experienced ITA when I was really, really down bad. I was not doing well. I was at that rock bottom, the breakdown before the breakthrough. I was struggling with a lot of anxiety, insomnia. I was diagnosed with anorexia and I was overall just not in alignment with my truth. And I was experiencing a lot of physical, emotional, and mental offsets because of that. And it was really the sleeping that got to me. It was one of those things where if you've ever experienced insomnia to the extent that I had, you actually go crazy. And so I was desperate. And I've always been someone who connected to spirits and God and the universe. And I've had a lot of experiences with, you know, crystals and and magic, but I've never heard of really energy medicine as a form of treatment before, but I was really desperate and I was willing to try anything. And there was this ex-pediatrician, ex because she found ITA and quit her job, um, who in my town practiced ITA and she said she could help me. And I was like, yes, I will see you. And it was so, so amazing how fast it all happened. Within just a few weeks, I was sleeping better. And, you know, once the momentum starts to build, it keeps rolling and rolling. And within just a year, I decided to completely change my major in college. I was fully recovered from anorexia and I started my very first business. Now, four years later, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. I am a full-time entrepreneur and I'm living out my dreams And I have never felt more balanced and aligned. And I know that there's always more work that needs to come up. And I will always be going deeper and deeper into my self-healing journey and into aligning more with my highest self. But considering where I was when I first started, it's truly amazing how ITA was that pinnacle point for my healing journey. I love that. So, So you've experienced ITA yourself. Is that correct? Yes, I've experienced it before I was a practitioner and I still receive alignments once a month. Okay. Awesome. So that's really that's really powerful because you know a lot of people are in certain practices and they don't quite understand how it works for themselves. And I think like having that experience and going through that yourself um and practicing and like healing. Yeah, like I I really have a lot of respect for that because You know, to be honest, I want to do hypnotherapy more than I probably should be doing it. (laughs) So it's kind of just like practicing what you preach and then having like a better foundation and understanding like, hey, I went through this, you know, now I know what to offer people who also need this. So that that's awesome that you also are a student to this. Yes, absolutely. I'm a student every single day. And the founder of ITA, Melanie Ryan, she is continuously downloading new alignments. And so you need to take ITA tier one in its complete form in order to be a practitioner. And then it's optional, but recommended to take the additional tiers. So right now there's tier one, tier two, and tier three. Each one offers you 
new education and alignments about the energy systems, about the interconnectedness of the human systems. And she's currently making a tier four. So who knows how many tiers there are ready to be downloaded. And, and it happens in a really gentle way. So something mm-hmm. that's for ITA, unlike other modalities, is that it, it's based in gentleness and compassion for the self. And so it, it really is a tiered process where when someone comes in, you don't throw them into a tier two or a tier three alignment. It's this gentle progression so that their energy systems are open and they're primed and they're comfortable and they're ready, right? Mm-hmm. So the Kundalini energy, when it rises, people have forced their Kundalini to rise and it has burned physical organs in their body. Wow. It has seriously injured people. Really? Yeah. Can you explain what kundalini energy is for the listeners? Mm, So it's this energy that rises from your root, kind of like through your spinal column and then up. And it helps to balance you with your inner channel. And it's that gateway, that vortex of energy that roots you to the earth and also to your higher self. Mm. Do you need to have your kundalini energy activated? in order to get to know your higher self? Or is that just like an extra support system? Oh, absolutely not. You don't need to. Mm -hmm. However, as you go down your self-development journey, you'll find that it naturally starts to rise. Mm -hmm. And I always say that this work is not about doing, it's about letting go of what's suppressing you from not being in alignment with your highest and most divine expression. And so you do all of the meditations and manifestation rituals and Kundalini exercises, and it may not work or, or it may, but the real gift in it all is finding alignment in the stillness and through the everyday. And if you find techniques that work with work for you, go for it, but you don't need to be doing hours and hours of self-development work a day in order to experience a connection with your higher self. And that's something that I don't see people talking about a lot. I'm always a less is more kind of person and following your intuition and really just finding alignment from moment to moment. Because when you do that, you will naturally attract the experiences that you need to cause your energy to shift. And so all you have to do is just listen to it. Hmm. Yeah. And that's like, I just had a download the other day about like if you want to move through something like, yeah, you're right. Doing less is more. And in fact, like we can do all these different things to just feel what we need to feel. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is to just listen and to let it come up. Because if we're having all these distractions and then all these like different blocks are coming up and outside forces and external things, um, we are kind of you know, we sometimes we feel like we're doing something productive, but in all reality, like we could be doing something super like detrimental and we're just not listening to ourselves in the way we need to. So how do you recommend like, you know, even noticing, like, I think the, the thing that I always preach is the first step to any evolution is awareness. And like, how do we notice where the things we need to disintegrate or like de-layer, like where does that reside? Is there a way to just sit with those things and and try to, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, what have you gone through and what experiences or what techniques do you use to like get quiet and like sit with yourself and let things rise up? Mm. So 
something you said that was so beautiful is, you know, the quiet, the stillness. First, you need to cultivate a practice of stillness, which can be quite challenging for people in this day in the world when people are glued to their phones, including myself. It's currently a practice I'm moving through. There's just so much stimulation and it's it's crippling our ability to tap in as a human being race. And so the first step is to cultivate a practice of stillness because you're right. The first step is awareness. And if you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. And so that baby step to getting to awareness is finding stillness in your day. Is that a mindfulness walk? Is that a meditation? Is that a journaling practice? Is that cooking dinner without any distractions? And, you know, if you're a good cook, I'm not, (laughs) then you can allow it to just be autopilot. But maybe cooking for me wouldn't be stillness. Cooking for me would be a little stressful. But (laughs) finding practices in your life that make you feel really aligned with the present moment and give you that stillness and that quiet so that you can tune in. And so once you're in that place of stillness, then start to acknowledge and recognize how your body and your soul communicates to you. So there are people who the physical body communicates to them. For instance, I have a client who is, I called her a cheater detector because whenever she's around someone who is cheating on their partner, like she gets like nauseous, like really, really bad nausea. And she sometimes actually throws up. And so her thought, and she's a very physical person, her offsets present in the physical body. And so her, you know, soul higher self communicates to her through the body. So she would have to tap into that. Like how, how are my shoulders feeling? How's my like forehead feeling? Is my third eye activated? All this stuff. However, for me, it's not so much my physical body, but it's more so my mind and the thoughts that I'm thinking. And my kind of intuition speaks to me through clear cognizance. So clear knowing and insight. And so I will kind of get really strong thoughts or I will sometimes get like really, really brain foggy if I'm around energy that's really negative. So it's more so like in my head, that's how my higher self communicates to me. But I didn't know how my higher self communicated to me at first. And I had to discern that by really listening and saying like, why are you here? Why are you presenting? Or like, oh, interesting. I'm feeling really tired, even though I had a great night's sleep. What is that about? Oh, interesting. I'm getting thoughts of a red house. Why am I getting thoughts of a red house? And, you know, it comes up later that, you know, that meant something significant. So finding the ways that it speaks to you. Mm, I love that. That, and it can look so different for everyone. You know, like for me, you know, I just go outside and I, that's like how I ground myself, but also that's how I like integrate things and where a lot of my downloads are when I'm just in tucked away in nature. Um, it's so funny. Actually, you said this because today I'm feeling super, super all over the place because I am just coming home from a very beautiful weekend at my cabin. And then I like go to my nine to five and there's just like anger and I'm around really, really negative energy and I'm like fired up. The energy difference between yesterday and today is night and day. It's a hundred percent like black and white. And I'm actually listening to an audible about the levels of energy and how some people can be very like at a 50 level, whereas some people are at like a 550. And it's just interesting, like how we are so um like impacted by the energy around us and like also how we can move through that. I think it's super interesting. So if you're listening and you're like, 
I don't know how to become aware of my energy levels or, you know, how to integrate. There's always a way. Like it could be something as simple as just standing in the grass, or, you know, getting some sunlight in the morning and reading a book, maybe just swimming, taking a shower, um, taking a nap. Uh, it's It's very, I think, independent. Yeah. And if your nervous system is overactive. Yeah. Then you can't tune in. It's like a block. And I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this and, you know, I still in my day-to-day life where you have a really chaotic, stressful day, you know, like your dog is sick, you have to rush him to the ER. Like there's ways to be mindful and present in those moments, but oftentimes it's quite challenging and Mm -hmm. you can get quite upset in those days. And then by the time you, you know, get home from that chaotic day, you're like, whoa, I didn't know I was this tired. Whoa, I didn't know my knee this bad. I heard at the gym the other day, I didn't even think about it while it's really hurting. Like all of these sensations fire at you once you're able to relax a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And your body could not communicate that to you throughout the day because you were in such a state of fight or flight. Your nervous system was too active to pick up on those signals. So if your nervous system is overactive all of the time, you rarely give your nervous system rest and you could be watching TV and scrolling on your phone and thinking about this and texting your friend. And you're, even though you're relaxing, your Mm -hmm. nervous system is not because you're just so overstimulated. And Mm -hmm. so if that's the case, it's going to be quite challenging for you to tap in. So that's why that first step of incorporating stillness is so important. And if you have a stillness practice, challenging yourself to go even deeper in that practice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually this just came up like also alcohol, like, you know, people just like sip on a glass of wine after work because they think they're relaxing. And that's like a whole controversial topic. Like I drink, I very much indulge in alcohol, but I also know when to be still. And I'm like, wait, this is like an escapism. Like we're, we're really running away from the sweetness and the stillness of our of our subconscious and also of our nervous system like we're supposed to notice the discomfort instead of running away from it so how would you explain and i know we kind of chatted about this on my um on your podcast about like hypnotherapy and how both of these modalities kind of coexist together but can we just chat about the subconscious mind and yeah, just like all subconscious. I, I think it's so interesting and like how the subconscious works, where to locate the blocks, whether it's in your mind, body, soul. That was a really big thing I was trying to channel is, you know, where does the discomfort lie? Sometimes it is in our subconscious, but sometimes it's also in our energy system. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <sighs> yeah, you know, the subconscious is, you know, people talk about the ego and I don't really like the word ego. I like the word subconscious mind more because subconscious mind is the human part of us that is able to be programmed through conditioning patterns, whether it's through this lifetime and our past experiences, whether it's through past lives, whether it's through thoughts that we continuously think like we're, you know, in elementary school and someone says something and it just, it just sticks. And there's a thought we think for the rest of our lives until we realize, wait, that's not true. I don't claim that as my truth. And Yeah. So the subconscious mind has many different avenues. And the way that we work with the subconscious mind in ITA is partly through the chakra system. So you have your chakra system, which is, you know, 
the seven main ones root to crown. But we also have so many others. We have the eighth and the ninth and the tenth and the minor chakras in our palms and our feet. But let's just talk about the main seven right now. So we have back chakras and we have front chakras. The back chakras are the hard drive to our computer. Anything that gets programmed gets stored in the back chakra. And it doesn't need to be good. It doesn't have to be good. It can be bad. And it, it doesn't matter if it's beneficial for you or not. If you get, if you program a computer with a virus, it'll activate that virus. It won't know it's a virus, right? Ooh, so that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So your subconscious mind gets programmed. Your back chakras are lodged onto all these beliefs. And some of them are great. Like for example, in my heart chakra, I'm sure I have a belief system somewhere in there that like, I am worthy of love. And I have lots of friends and great relationships with my family and a great partner. And like that is portrayed throughout my front chakra. But there could also be a negative thought pattern circulating there as well of like, oh, but love doesn't last. Love always ends. And so I start to see that in my external experiences where I have friends drop me and I, I don't love myself. So I'm not taking care of myself and all of these things. So I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but we have our back chakra systems that stores all of our beliefs and our conditioning patterns. Then we have the front chakra systems, which are the projectors of our reality. And so whatever is stored in the back, gets projected out through the front. And that affects the lens in which we see, like literally think of rose colored glasses. It affects the lens in which we see the world and interpret our experiences and it affects what we attract into our world so what's programmed in the subconscious directly affects your internal belief systems and also your external experiences Mm, that is so interesting so it's just like a layer of the chakras but they're they're kind of like mirroring each other in a sense i picture it like they're connected but this one is like it is projecting out So that's like the deep rooted. So it kind of reminds me of the subconscious. Like in order to really fixate on the front, you have to dig a little bit deeper to the back. Yeah. Like if you're doing chakra work and you go and you see someone, they say, oh, you have a blocked throat chakra. It doesn't mean it's blocked. It means that there is, you know, dense limiting beliefs in your back throat chakra that's preventing clarity. Through the mm, front. Okay. So it's about analyzing what are those limiting beliefs and how can I rewire them? And this is just so cool, like bridging the gap again between science and spirituality, because if you're going to look at and like just have a magnifying glass to your chakras and there's just all these little blocks there, if you will, right? These, I would say like ailments or things that need to be a little bit more nurtured, right? And you can see that so clearly, but that's also very much connected to your subconscious mind. And I think that is just so interesting, like bridging that gap right there. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, something that's really important to note about the subconscious is, you know, everyone knows the study of Pavlov that he did with the dogs, where he gave the dogs, he rang the bell and he gave the dogs food. And, you know, they were salivating over the food and they were eating the food. And then after enough repetition, the dogs became subconsciously programmed to when they hear the bell, they know it's food time and their salivating glands start to salivate. Like literally a biological response happens because Mm. of the sound of a bell, but not because of the bell, because what the bell is linked to. And that's called subconscious mind programming. And Pavlov was the first to do that. However, we are not dogs. We're not dogs. We're humans. And so we're missing a key element here. And that is choice. The power to choose 
right? Mm -hmm. We can let our conditioning patterns cause automatic responses. Or when we see the stimulus, when the stimulus happens, whether it be a bell or some trigger in your external world, when the stimulus occurs, you can choose how you respond to it. Mm. It'll be easier to respond to the programming because that's what's been programmed, but you don't have to do that because you are not yeah. adult. <laughs> I love this. And that is, it's so interesting because you hear the word trigger all over the place and it's like, yeah, you might be aware of what needs to be done, but like, are you actually taking the time to rewire the neural pathways? So I just have a fun little question. What is the biggest subconscious block that you've rewired? Mm, yeah. I love this question. Thank <laughs> you for giving me the opportunity to share this. So it's that success comes from hard work. Because mm-hmm. what the heck does that even mean? Hard work? Why do you have to work hard? Why can't you just work passionately, work aligned, work with ease, work with grace? I had to rewire my mind that it's aligned work that breeds success and fulfillment. And that could mean one hour a day. That could mean an entire 12 hour day, but it feels easy and graceful and natural and aligned, right? And so the way I realized my mind was programmed this way was because I had some social things go on when I transferred schools in middle school. And I went to a private school who was like obsessed with grades. Like it was just, if you were cool, if you had good grades, I know like super weird, not the norm, but that was the school I was in. And so, you know, I'm a transfer. I don't know anyone. So I think, all right, well, I want people to be happy for me when I get an A. So I'm just going to try to get an A. And, you know, it was easy for me and it stuck. I happened to be, you know, just naturally gifted and knowing how to take tests and memorizing things. And I have a very neurotypical brain who's good at school. So it, it worked. And I did, I got that social validation that I wanted and it led into high school and then it led into college. And it got to a point where I was sacrificing so much joy for a number and I didn't even know why. And I truly believed that it took and needed to take hard work and long hours studying overnighters, you know, to achieve academic success. And so what I did in probably halfway through my college career was I decided to change the narrative and I did my subconscious rewiring techniques that I was learning in ITA. At that time, I was studying to become a practitioner, not yet a practitioner. And I rewired it where I no longer believe it takes hard work to be successful. It just takes aligned action. Hmm. And I was able to cut all of my time spent on school in half and still graduate with a 4.0. So I was only studying for exams for two hours per exam, two hours. I gave myself just two hours. I did a nice little meditation and grounding practice. And I said, I'm going to read my notes and study for two hours. And once I'm done, I'm going to go be a human being and not a robot. And whatever I get on the exam, I get on the exam. And guess what? It happened to be an A. Same grade that I was doing studying 12, 13, 14 hours for an exam, weeks in advance. I was killing myself because I thought I had to. And guess what? Because I had that subconscious belief that it takes hard work, if I didn't work hard, I didn't do as well, but it wasn't because I didn't work hard. It was because my brain thought since I didn't, I have to do poorly. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to work less, work easy, work smart and be just as accessible, even more successful because I was able to grow two businesses off the ground while being in college and working 20 to 30 hours a week as a direct support professional. 
with autistic children. So I was able to do all of this and have a social life and be happy through subconscious mind work. That is that is just so beautiful. And I think like, yeah, I feel like a lot of us are just working overtime, overdrive. We're, we're bashing on our nervous system because we're just indulging in things that we aren't aligned with. And that is detrimental to our experience here. You know, we have to be in aligned action. And I think it's hard because a lot of people, and you know, it's more sad than anything that a lot of people don't even know how to be aligned. So can you touch on that? Like just centering yourself and finding that alignment. Um, What are your main tips to doing that? Absolutely. So number one, always abdominal breathing. It's something that is the foundation of any practice in ITI. I always make sure my clients know how to breathe right. This is, I guess, the right word to say. You have to breathe right before they do anything else. Because when you, so there's two kind of main ways you can breathe, chest breathing and then abdominal breathing where you're like belly moves. So chest breathing activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight. And then abdominal breathing activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. And you scientifically, this happens because when you're breathing, the air isn't going into your belly, but what's happening is you're filling up your lungs so that your diaphragm moves down to make space for the lungs expansion. And then since the diaphragm is moving down, all your organs and stuff are moving. So your belly expands and then your diaphragm moves up and your abdomen moves inward. And then you exhale and all that good stuff. So what that's doing is that's massaging the vagus nerve, which is the longest cranial nerve running from the base of your abdomen all the way up to your brain stem. And that literally sends pings to your central nervous system saying, activate the parasympathetic nervous system, resting and digesting. So simply through breathing, belly breathing, abdominal breathing, you will regulate your nervous system. And I've gotten to a point where abdominal breathing is my natural breath. At first, it was something I I practiced and I had to consciously tell myself to abdominal breathe all the time. But because of that repetition, it became automatic. So now I only chest breathe when I'm stressed. Right. And like I can tell I'm like, oh, I'm stressed. I'm chest breathing. Let me bring my breath down. And then I find, oh, I'm not that stressed. I can handle it. I'm okay. Because when you breathe through your chest, you're literally telling your nervous system to turn on. And then your brain is like, where is the threat? And, you know, our brains, you know, are the same as when you're being chased by tigers, you know, right? So it's like, where is the tiger? Where is the threat? And since, you know, there really is no threat going on, it was just a social media post or someone texted us and we don't know how to respond and we're freaking out over it. Our brain will say, oh, that's the threat. And it'll just enable anything in your world, the threat that's going to come chase you and eat you for dinner. And it's just a text message. Just a text message. It's not going to kill you. But because you're chest breathing and your brain's like, why are we stressed? What is it? You're going to be overreacting about this text message. Mm, Yeah, that is. And that's like a a trigger, right? There's like some sort of deep consciousness work that that needs to happen. Going off of that. So once you find out what works for you in that practice, whether it's breath work, again, integrating that nature, journaling, just getting quiet. How do we, you know, like a lot of people don't even know what they're interested in. And it's really, again, like said that we have people and I like that you mentioned like I'm not a robot like I'm not supposed to be working this hard how do you then use those tools to upgrade and connect more to your higher self like I feel like there's not a lot of teachings for a very controversial reason (laughs) like people don't teach you how to connect with your higher self 
And I know we can do that through like subconscious limiting beliefs, like unblocking that and, you know, getting to know ourselves and showing ourselves self-love. And, you know, I think we spend so much time learning about other things and learning about our nine to five and we need to learn more about ourselves. So I guess if you have like any advice on, you know, taking those really simple tools and then moving with that and really knowing like what you came here to do, I think. Yeah. And it it's so funny because the answer is so simple. And it happens to be that the simple ones are the hardest to implement because we've been programmed to believe that there's a step and a formula in this. And it, yeah. aligning with your higher self comes down to this simple thing. And that is living as an expression of your truth from moment to moment. But Aren't you can't you do that. Truth? Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. No, no. Sorry. But it's like, are you in alignment with your truth in this moment? And if you're not getting in alignment with your truth and then doing that from moment to moment, and it'll be easier on some days, harder on others, but it's that practice and it's setting an intention, being really mindful with your energy. How am I spending my time, my money, my resources? Your energy. Yeah. Yeah, your energy. Where is it going? And is it in alignment with my truth? And you'll know intuitively if it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's just about continuously doing that. And you'll find things start to change around you. People come into your field, leave your field, experiences come in, opportunities to move to a new place, opportunities to quit your job and, and align more with one that really resonates with you. And you're not doing anything. You're not applying to jobs. You're not cutting friends out of your life on purpose. You're not intentionally looking on Zillow for a place to live. It's just circ- the energy circulating. And right when it's ready for you, it pops up into your field. And all you had to do which is live each moment of your day in alignment with truth. Even if you're at a nine to five, you don't like, even if you don't know how to end this friendship, even if there's a lot of stressors at home or you want to find a new place to live, you're just every moment living in alignment with truth. I may not Mm -hmm. like this house or where I'm living right now, but how can I make the most of it today? Right. And you'll find that you just naturally get into alignment. It's not something you have to do so much as, what you become when you let go of the noise. Mm. Yes, I love that. And I think like, yeah, to your point, just settling into yourself and like getting to know yourself is your greatest gift. And no one, the special thing about this, like we can get all this aid and guidance with, you know, unblocking these things. But at the end of the day, your soul, like you're the only one who knows what you're what you came here to do, what you came here to be. Yeah, I think it's it's just beautiful though because like we kind of showed up here without being told how to connect with your higher self. And we have all these different like spiritual supports and different things and modalities that we can use. But at the end of the day, what we really need to see that vision and to see that, you know, the intent of why we're here, I think... It's just really being with yourself and it's beautiful because you're the only person that knows why you're here. Like you can only find out your own truth. Like you are the truth holder, truth seeker, truth holder. So I just think it's such a beautiful thing. Like we have all this support, but we really, really have ourselves and you have to lean into that. So yeah, that self-healing process. Yeah. Yep. And 
So do you have clients that are ready for, you know, upgrading and to rewire all of these things, but aren't fully, fully there yet? And can you like feel that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way I kind of guide my clients in in finding that resolution for themselves is I often use what's coming on in their current life, right? So consciousness gives us the gift of obstacles and challenges as opportunities for growth. And so if I'm sensing that my client is blocked in some areas and maybe she or he isn't aware of it, I ask them, you know, really what's going on in their personal lives and their, you know, financial life and their business life. And, you know, something will give where they'll be like, oh, you know, it's fine, but X, Y, or Z. And then that usually sends off pings in my brain because what I do is I do track the links between your physical, your emotional, your psychological, and your social aspects of self. So if I'm getting something in an an ITI alignment, energetically, I want to find the link in their physical world. So I'll ask questions that align with that energy system or that block or whatever I'm sensing. And then it usually comes up and then we'll work through that together. And I focus on a client directed approach, meaning that I guide the client to solving their own problems. Sometimes I do more guiding than others. And, you know, there are times when I have like the end goal in mind and my client literally says it and they're like, is that is that a good idea? And I'm like, yes, you just graduated. (laughs) I was like, that's the best idea ever. (laughs) Literally the exact same idea I had. And then other times it it takes multiple sessions for my client to get to the point where they're like, maybe I need to do something. And I'm like, yes, you need to do something. So often when I'm sensing there's something off and misaligned, I try my hardest to guide my client to seeing that instead of me just telling them like, oh, your throat chakra is blocked because of something that happened when you were seven. That knowledge is powerful. However, unless it's truly integrated integrated into the self and perceived in its totality, that person isn't going to act on it. Oh yeah, I have a blocked throat chakra. That's why I'm like this. And they're going to use it as an excuse rather than a portal for growth. Oh my gosh. I love this. And So for the listeners, I actually experienced an ITA session with Danielle and a few days ago, and a lot came up and a lot came up after, but also prior, because I feel like we just, you cultivated like this beautiful energy exchange and like, I could feel a lot of subconscious things coming up, such as fear. And we talked after uh, the session and yeah, you're right. Like you, you were just very on point with, you know, my chakra systems and you kind of explained it. Like they were ready to go. I'm ready to take action, but like, you obviously can't do that for me. So it's up to me to utilize that and to, to move through that. But yeah, it was a really, really amazing experience and very, very healing. And I feel like I have a lot more integrating to do just from that one session. So I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes from there. But it just reminded me, like, imagine all the people who have never been able to relax fully or even meditate and sit with themselves for that long. Like, I don't know how long our session was. I kind of wasn't, (laughs) I was just like floaty, like airy. So I don't know, maybe like 30, 30 minutes perhaps, but Imagine some people who their nervous system is just always on overdrive and they they don't even prompt themselves or give themselves, grant themselves the time to 
to sit in that space for that long. Like, I'm sure you have some clients that are like, wait, this is uncomfortable. I don't know how to relax. (laughs) So I can imagine a lot of sessions can be needed. Yeah, it's definitely a treatment plan. And it's funny you say that because I see that it's really only in the first one to three alignments where people are uncomfortable and don't sit still. And I ask, how did it feel for you? And people either say uncomfortable or they're like, I don't know, I couldn't really get into it. And that doesn't mean the energy isn't working and the alignment isn't being integrated into their systems. It's just that disconnect because their nervous system is in overdrive that they couldn't actually feel it, but it's still happening whether they can feel it or not. But then I find that it's like session three or session four where they go deep and then they're so confused. They're like, whoa, I, I don't know where I just went, but I was not in my body. And I'm like, welcome to the dark side. No, welcome. welcome to the light side. I should say. <laughs> um, it's just so funny. Like I had this one in-person client who was male and he never did anything like this before, but he just had an like an, an intuitive feeling to trust me. But he was even like, I'm skeptical. I don't really know what's going on here. So I'm happy he was in person because trying to get his brain to, you know, wrap around a remote session would be quite challenging. But the first alignment, like he kept opening his eyes to like look at what I was doing, like over his body and all that stuff. And it was very uncomfortable. I will say like that was probably my most uncomfortable alignment I've ever given because you could just tell he was just fully awake and just like, what is this girl doing? And I just kept going with it. And then the third alignment, I um, his like body was like twitching at certain points, like in tandem with the energy. And I was like, ah, oh, like he's really integrating this one. And there was a point when I touched this acupressure point near the collarbone. So it can be an intimate place, more so on a girl than a guy. But, you know, collarbone's quite intimate. But um, I was doing an acupressure point there and he like startled so badly and then immediately went back to sleep, like into his like state. And then at the end, he was like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why I jumped. I was like, it's just the energy. It's okay. He's like, I felt it. I felt the energy all over my body. And he was just like, so like excited and confused and also nervous. And he was like, what just happened? Like, and it really is like, it, it takes you really learning how to relax to start to feel all of the energetic sides of life. Mm-hmm. And it took him a few weeks to really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Just like relaxing just on your own. That's when you feel a lot of downloads. Like that's when I get my most beautiful channeling and downloads is when I'm actually driving because I'm in a theta. It has to be like no traffic. Like I'm driving up north. If I'm if I'm driving to work, yeah, I'm not channeling. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's when I'm most relaxed when I'm like, oh my God, I can invite things in. I can like really listen and, and feel. So if you're listening and you're like, hmm, sounds good. <laughs> This is your sign to just kind of dip into that feeling and that softness, that sweetness. Um, I believe that's where the magic happens is when you allow yourself that room to actually feel and to see things, to visualize things. Yeah, that's beautiful, though. I'm sure you have some really beautiful clients and I would be interested in seeing like I'm sure you have reviews from your clients and stuff, but I would be interested to hear their experiences, too. Yeah, I have a page on my website with some testimonials. Um, It's an interesting place to be in because I am a psychotherapist and there's confidentiality in place. So Mm. it's hard to put up a testimonial anonymously and have that be credited because obviously I I wouldn't write one myself, but it's always possible. And then so it's also hard to ask someone who, you know, I signed a confidentiality agreement with 
to then share their experience in their name. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I don't ask a lot of people for. It's more so when people ask me, like, how can I help spread the word? And I say, well, the testimonial would be a lovely resource, but you don't have to, right? So mm-hmm. I do have some testimonials on my website, um, but uh, there, there's been some amazing healing experiences that have just really opened my heart space and made me go, oh, this is why I'm here. Yes. I'm here. And it, I bet it doesn't feel like work. I, fe- I bet it just feels so flowy. And, you know, I aspire to be in that space. And I know we talked about that during our session um, and I'm, I'm open to sharing a little bit. But, yeah, I think you're not only healing people, but you're also just being a guide for people to step into their alignment, like to really like let them know that, hey, this this doesn't have to be like this. Like you can, one, heal your mind, body, soul, and two, shift in a, into a new reality. So I think the work that you're doing is honestly so amazing. Thank you. Thank you so welcome. much. You're welcome. Well, is there anything we're kind of wrapping up to the hour here? Um So is there anything that you want to tell the listeners, um, a message that you want to bring to them, something channeled, something just on your heart? Yeah, this has been coming up a lot for me in my clinic space and also in my personal life. And it's this notion of attaching to labels. And I was actually going to say this after what you just said of, you know, my work doesn't feel like work. Well, it, it starts to feel like work if I'm attached to the outcome of it. If I'm attached to time, if I'm attached to money, if I'm attached to status, I'm attached to the label of healer, right? So it's when I start to label myself in my practice that it starts to, the magic starts to fall away. And it makes me realize that when you label yourself, you automatically limit you. You limit your power, you limit your energy. And if space of abundant energy and your energy field is expansive and all of a sudden you give yourself a label of X, Y, or Z, right? I'm a good girl. I am a teacher. I am an athlete, right? It could be any label that is pretty neutral. Like I don't think anyone would hear athlete and be like, oh, that's bad, right? But you're limiting yourself because what are the rules of being an athlete? Right now, are you forcing yourself to go to the gym more than your body wants right now? Because it needs to be in a period of rest. And so you're in a space with your higher self because you're an athlete. So you have to go to the gym every day for two hours because that's what you did when you played college football. Right. So any label innately limits you. So it's about letting go of all those labels and allowing yourself to just be you and in alignment with your truth every single day and allow that to shift and change. Oh, wow. I'm really in my athlete energy today. I really want to go for, you know, a 5K. Or like, oh, wow, I'm really in my good girl energy today where I'm feeling really called to be domestic at home and all of that stuff. And you can acknowledge that without saying like, oh, I am this. I must fit into these structures for the rest of my life because then you're limiting your power and you're not in alignment. You're just not. And so finding the labels in your life that are not just negative, but just limiting in general and finding ways to release that and giving yourself permission to be fluid. That has been something that's been coming up a lot in consciousness lately. That is lovely. That is so beautiful. And I I don't remember if we chatted about this on your podcast, but I labeled myself as grief journey or something. Like I actually put that in one of my bios and I was like, wait, that carries such a, 
it's like deep and dark, but also like a, a very low vibration. I am not that. I am experiencing this, but that is also very limiting. I'm not able to to fully like integrate and heal from this if I am just dwelling in this energy. Just like the fluidity of even like your daily life. I think like letting yourself flow where you need to. Um, some days I'm you're right. I'm like, I'm an athlete today. Like I feel really good. I feel like I can run. And then the next day I'm like, no, I should probably just do yoga or, you know, I don't, I need to rest. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's just really important to not put much pressure on yourself. And I think that's the, where the resistance comes in is when you have all these like high expectations, but maybe that's not aligned that day. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. It's a great message. So where can everybody find you? We know you have a website, um, but yeah, just share a little bit about your resources and then your offerings and where people can schedule with you or where they can go to ask you any questions. Absolutely. So I have an Instagram. It's at Danielle Lelantiri and a website, www.daniellelantiri.com and a podcast, The Stars Are Calling You, which is anywhere, but I think Spotify and Apple is where most listeners are at. So that's where I am as well. And how you can contact me. Well, DM me on Instagram or just email me, daniellelantiri at gmail.com. I check my emails, like text messages. I love my emails. So if you email me, I will respond like in a few hours, like not even probably. And I love to chat through email. I don't know, I'm like an old woman or something. And then the way you can book is through my website. So on my website is a list of my offerings. Currently I'm offering ITI energy medicine alignments and then wellness counseling psychotherapy sessions. And most of my clients interchange them. So ITA is typically and encouraged to be done every two weeks because you don't want just too much energy. You know, you want time to really integrate it. Like you said, Lexi, you still have more to integrate from our session. So that's why two weeks is recommended. But oftentimes people want that weekly support. And so we'll do a wellness counseling psychotherapy session in the week between to really give people that consistency. Because sometimes without that, you know, support there, they fall off the wagon and they don't they don't do the work. So I'm there doing the work with them, but not inundating their systems at too much energy work as well. Or you could just do ITA or you could just do wellness counseling. But I have different packages and bundles as well that I can offer you if you just reach out and let me know your availability and what you're looking for. And I pride myself in creating targeted individualized treatment plans for each person. So I'm really open to creating something that's best for you because I know we're all different. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to have shared this space with you and to have been invited on and to talk to you guys. Yeah, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I will put all of your information in the show notes below. And again, if you guys have any questions or want to book, just reach out to Danielle. She's lovely. And I can attest that the experience so far has been amazing. But yeah, I would love to have you back on one day and we can go from there. But thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.